The scripture today is Luke 8, 4 through 15. And when a great crowd was gathered and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underneath, underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and it grew up. It withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell on good soil and grew up and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others, they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, fall away. And for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and the riches and pleasures of life. And their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, saints. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to you. Yeah, yeah. It's a good day. Today is a good day. Let's pray. Father, you know what I'm going to say. Before I even speak, you know. And Father, I pray that today will be a day of salvation. Deeper discipleship. More trust in your word. And Father, I pray that you would speak through me. My lips are yours. They always have been. And Father, I pray that in the hearing of my brothers and sisters today, there will be new life, hope, and new peace bore out of this message. Because those who hear, they really hear what Jesus has to say today. Pray this in Jesus' precious name. 
Amen. Last Saturday, I spent some time reflecting on the purpose of a life well lived. And as my grandmother's physical body laid there in a casket, I was struck by some words from the preacher, Brother Lester, in Tulsa that said this. Are you listening? Are you listening? As he stood over next to the casket, he just kept saying, are you listening? He said, in moments like these, God is never speaking more clear. But for the Christian funeral, it is even more loud than us coming from dust and returning to dust. For the Christian funeral, God is saying, I am the only way of salvation. Do you hear me now? Are you listening? My friends, just about every biblical scholar I read this week says the same thing. That the parables are like uber important, especially at the beginning of new sections in like is happening right now in Luke's gospel. Something has shifted in our story to this point. So this parable serves as a transition moment in the narrative. Now, what is a parable? A parable, according to Oxford's dictionary, is a simple story used to illustrate a moral or spiritual lesson. Now, in the Old Testament, it was uncommon to see these parables. But in the ancient Near Eastern scholarship, it is said that the parable for the rabbinical tradition or in terms, in other terms, like the teaching tradition of their day, used the parable as a powerful rhetorical tool or a teaching tool that was used to convey a message with common language, or if you would like to use this word, a contextual language, as you might say, so that the common man would be able to understand. But Jesus here is using this parabolic language for something else. Verse 10 says that he speaks in order to give away the secrets of the kingdom of God. And those who see will not see, and those who hear will not hear. Huh? Why would you say that, Jesus? Don't you want people to hear? Is Jesus playing favorites, revealing only to a certain groups of people? Well, nah. Mm -mm. Let's look at the context around this. Let's look again at verse 4. It says, when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, 
He said in a parable, if you remember last week, John Mark spent some time explaining to us that there were some women of God who were gospel patrons, women who out of their means, out of their pockets, man, they opened them things up and here you go, Jesus, supported the ministry of Christ and were themselves disciples of Jesus. Our story picks up from there in verse 4, and what do we see? We see that as he is traveling around, preaching and bringing the good news, Jesus is starting to gain popularity. Walter Leefield, a Lucan scholar, says of this introductory verse, whereas Matthew and Mark, which is a parallel account, specify a location by the lake. Luke omits this. Instead, Luke adds to the comment on the crowd by speaking of those who were coming to Jesus from town after town. The effect is to help the reader visualize a large mixed group of people who represent the various types of soil in the parable. Which means this, Jesus is going from town to town, sharing the good news of the kingdom of God, and the event is getting hype. The spot is blowing up, and all types of folk are coming to see him. I mean, if you were in one of these towns, you'd go out to see him too, right? Wouldn't you? I mean, I would. I would. If you heard that a big, can't-miss show was coming into your town, and it was free. Some of us ain't got money like that, you know. So when you hear free, it's like, hey, I'm trying to get up in there. And some big stuff was about to pop off. What would you do? Well, I think we have some, some data, don't we? I mean, recently... We saw what happens when you got a big draw, like Chance the Rapper, Carrie Job, and Chandler Moore. The people start coming from all over the place. But imagine here something greater is happening. A man who speaks with authority, prophetically. He isn't just repeating what the Bible says, but every word that comes from his mouth is the word of God. God is revealing himself to humanity through him. He's even edgy enough to sit with sinners and dine with them. So for all you guys who like uh, edgy people, uh, Jesus is over there sitting with sinners. And you're like, oh, man, i got to go see this guy. He's different. But it's religious enough to be in synagogues, preaching and teaching, and is moral enough that when he speaks, there is credibility. There are no scandals with Jesus. He is powerful enough that when demons come around him, they start trembling. Sickness is so scared to be with him that it runs away at the sight of him. I mean, this man is a ballin' dude. 
This is Jesus, the Son of God. So, of course, as he's maneuvering from town to town, there are many trying to get next to him. The transition is at hand. Jesus is now celebrity status. But Jesus is not concerned with being a celebrity. If so, he would have taken Satan up on his offer when he was tempted in Luke chapter 4. Just drawing a big crowd of people around him is not Jesus' ultimate priority. He's not looking to put people in the seats. Merely doing that. Like it's some show or something. Jesus is concerned with each and every person becoming a true follower and hearer of his word. Are you listening? Jesus demands such. And those who are true hearers listen to Jesus. So he begins to speak in a parable. Verse 5, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot. And the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock. And as as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns. And the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. And as he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now the grammar here in the phrase, as he said these things, indicates that Jesus called out multiple times or habitually, He who has ears, let him hear, over and over again. It was probably one of his core messages to the crowds. This is Jesus pleading with the crowds. Hear me. Are you listening? Seek me. Are you truly listening? And just like Jesus is speaking to every generation and to us today, Jesus demands that we really hear him. My life verse is Matthew 6.33. Matthew 6.33. Some of you might know. Seek first, if you can say it with me, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Are you someone who will seek out Jesus? I'm not talking about a spiritual seeker as described in today's culture. I'm talking about a way seeker. Someone like all the disciples who are mentioned here in verse 9. Let's look at verse 9 again. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, you see, what we see here is we see the disciples coming to Jesus, asking what it means for this saying. Now, this is not like a make fun of the disciples moment, like they're dull or something. Clearly, Jesus was using this parable to give 
an easy access to a version of a deep call to him. It had an effect, though, that sometimes repelled anyone who was not earnest in seeking. It was supposed to be accessible, the parable, easy to understand. But indeed, it proved true that some would not truly hear him as they ought. But for the disciples, this is a W. They, in fact, proved Jesus' point. Though they didn't understand all the way, they were still fertile enough to come and seek him out. So verse 10 again says, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. Again, this parable is not about Jesus withholding salvation from one people and giving it to another. That would go against the nature of God that we see in the Old Testament and the New Testament. You guys want some proof? Want some proof? If you have your Bible, I would love for you to turn to Ezekiel chapter 33. Maybe it'll be on your screen. We'll see. God in Ezekiel 33, 11 says he wants no one to perish. And that would go against his nature right here to proclaim a gospel message, but exclude certain folk. But as you read, I want you to see what the deeper meaning is for Jesus to say these things. So we're back to our question. Why would he say this? Ezekiel 33 tells us that the nature of the kingdom is for all to receive. But as he teaches, like the prophets of the Old Testament, he knows part of his results will yield the same fruit as a true prophet of Israel. If you want to see this good example, look at verse 30. As for you, son of man, your people who talk together about you by the walls and at the doors of the houses, say to one another, each to his brother, come and hear what the word is that comes from the Lord. Ezekiel is given a task to speak the word of the Lord. And here comes some people who are going to come and sit under his teaching. Verse 31 continues, and they come to you as people come, and they sit before you as people, and they hear... What you say, but they will not do it. For with lustful talk in their mouths they act. Their heart is set on their gain. And behold, you are to them like one who sings lustful songs with a beautiful voice and plays well on an instrument. For they hear what you say, but they will not do it. When this comes, and it will come, then they will know that a prophet has been among them. You see, Jesus is fulfilling a prophetic role. 
I don't have time for all the different texts, but if you get an opportunity, you can look at some parallel accounts. You can look at Matthew, and what is loosely alluded to here is explicitly alluded to there in Isaiah chapter 6. It is actually quoted in Matthew. So here's the main point. Parables are typically a great teaching tool. They're easy to understand. And oftentimes they're like ear candy to those who are listening. They sound good. It's like if you went to a Chris Brown concert or something. (laughs) We know them songs was lustful, y'all. Well, mm mm-hmm. I may, I may, somebody might have, I might have stepped on somebody's toe. They were riding, they were riding around this week. Okay, all right, I ain't gonna go there. Jesus, though, and very unfortunately, knows that while he's preaching the good news of the kingdom, there are some folk who are going to do exactly as the explanation of this parable warns not to do. Not listening to him as they ought. Or seeing but not seeing. And hearing but not hearing. Does this sound familiar to you, church? Jesus knows there isn't any hiding with Jesus. But Jesus' desire is that all would repent and come to know him. But Jesus wants real disciples. And he knows, like the prophets of old, how some would really hear him and some would not. So the choice is really up to the hearer. The hearer's heart is the soil. And the parable begs the hearer, will you come to Jesus, seeking him, learning from him, listening to him? Or will you be like those he warns against in verses 12 through 15? Let's read them one more time and make a couple of observations about the various soils here in our text and ponder what they speak to us. Verse 12 says there are ones along the path, those who have heard, then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so they may not believe and be saved. In those times, the sower would go out and he would start sowing everywhere. He would sow the farmer would sow. The path was part was the part that the farmers walked on. The sower would sow everywhere and plow everywhere, including the path. But the path was easy pickings for the bird. Jesus is great, isn't he? It's clear he loves everyone. He sows everywhere generously with the seed. But some just wouldn't hear it. Most likely, 
Jesus is talking about the Jews or any detractor of the gospel message like the Pharisees. Like in John chapter 8, verses 31 through 59. He knows that, which I don't have time to talk about. He knows that if you want to study that, please go study that. John chapter 8, 31 through 59. He knows that these are the ones who hear and possibly cannot bear to hear his word. It finds no place in them. The word does not take up residence in their heart. So they do the will of their real father, their real landlord, and their father who is truly Satan. And Satan is eager to do so. And through the desire to do his will, Satan comes and snatches that seed. Now that's sobering. And we know how that story ends too, right? Jesus would eventually die on a cross by the hands of these type of folks he is explaining here. The very people he came to serve, his own kinfolk would hang him on a tree. Some would never repent and believe and be saved. They never saw or heard correctly the word made flesh. That is super sobering. Verse 13 continues. These next folks seem to be a little better on the onset. They receive it with gladness. They're like, yay, Jesus. But when the time came to cling to Jesus, they said, nah, I'm good, my boy. I'm headed out. I need some real believers in here to help me out. Friends, when times are tough, And rough. Was it worth it to cling to Jesus? Was it worth it, church? Did it deepen your faith? Yeah, me too. There were some roots growing very deep because of that season. And as you know, with plants, the deeper the roots go, what happens? Oh, yeah. Somebody needs to testify in here. I heard some people say it, but you're saying it quietly. I need you to say it louder. When, 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 when the roots go deep, what happens? The stronger the plant, right? And it finds water to sustain them when the water dries up on the surface. The further your roots dig, the more water you find waiting for you there. But if you give up during the times of testing or difficulty, then it will not only negatively affect your faith, parched and dry will you be, but most importantly, you will fall away. In fact, the Greek here, in the the original language here, the phrase here to fall away would be better translated to say, withdraws himself. Man, that's crazy to think about. Friends, I know it's been since the pandemic, a tough time. Loneliness is crazy tough right now. Brother John Mark was telling me about the Surgeon General this week. It's epidemic level loneliness. Seems like the world is bad and getting worse. I was talking to my 
aunt yesterday, and she was telling me about the Jesus movement. And she said, then it seemed like it was going downhill as well. But praise be to God. Praise be to God that God was not done yet. <laughs> My friends, in times of trouble, if you guys know about the Jesus Revolution, how many people went and seen the Jesus Revolution movie? Some of y'all went and saw it. Okay, if you haven't seen it, go see it. I haven't seen it yet either, so. <laughs> there you go. I just read about it. I want to see it. But I hear about it all the time. And I know some folk who maybe discipled the person that you were discipled by or were part of a college campus ministry or were the BCM directors from where you were that were greatly affected by that. And while the world looked like it was turning upside down and it looked like it was going the wrong way, in times of trouble, this is not even in my notes, in times of trouble, in times of trouble, y'all, in times of trouble, God showed up. And for you, and all you young folk in here, for you, know that God is not done with you or your generation or the next generation. God has a plan for you. And while times are trouble, they're filled with trouble, those faithful people, they clung to Jesus and his words. But how do you do that? If you don't know his words, my friends, I think this is a time and a call right now for you right now to consider picking up that Bible that you have over there in the corner and like blowing that dust off of it a little bit. You know, how you taking it, open it up and it's like cobwebs and you slapping it. Get that dust up out of there. Start reading that thing. Start marking it up. Because in it is the words of life. The disciples said, where else can we go? For you have the words of life. My friends, if you have breath today, you can start anew again. And pick up that book. Get a mentor. Get somebody to disciple you. And have them teach you about the promises of God. Verse 14 continues. Jesus says, And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. These hearers are troubled by many things. I bet many of us in here, if we're honest, feel this temptation on a weekly or even daily basis to give in to the cares of this life, the matters of this life only, the pleasures of this life. The tireless pursuit of riches, sometimes being broke, makes you worry about the riches of this life 
even more. Amen. Sometimes, bro, you just always thinking, how can I get to the next check? How can I get some more paper? It's just always in your head. Living there rent free. Listen. Thorns are not friendly growers. They sprout in the garden. And other good and useful vegetation has not a chance in the world of competing. The good ones lose that fight and they get choked out. What a grotesque way to lose your life. Choking would not be a great way to die. Could you imagine that? And isn't it often that these things, the cares, the pleasures, the tireless pursuit of riches, isn't it these things that lead us to feeling the most suffocated in life? While most of those things can be good, they make for very bad gods and they suck the life right out of you if you are tempted today to go the way that leads to this path by choosing to close your ears to Jesus then friends I think today is the day to open your ears again repent and breathe free and let Jesus pull those thorns from around your neck and let him put those thorns on his head. He took care of those things already for you while he was being humiliated on his way to the cross. He has already liberated you if you will receive it. He wants to give you freedom today for your suffocating so, but I got even greater news, y'all. Y'all ready for it? I know that was heavy, but it gets good. Jesus came to give life and life abundantly. Jesus in verse 8 says that those people who have good soil will multiply a hundredfold. They will have a hundredfold harvest, good soil. Oh, man, this is good, y'all. Now, in ancient times, <laughs> in ancient times, having a harvest of four and five times was good. <laughs> yeah, I don't think y'all get what, what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is saying, and a hundredfold, a hundo, Harvest, y'all. Y'all, that would be impossible. Except for the fact that this is Jesus who is talking here. Jesus knows that there's going to be a people who would hear the word of God and eventually bear fruit within his perfect timing. And that is true for the disciples, as we see as the narrative continues. And true for all those 
who genuinely hear and receive the seed of hope with fertile soil. God is doing a miraculous thing in the hearers of God's word. These are the folks in verse 15 that have the secrets, the mysterion in the Greek revealed to them. I love the mysterion. Man, that's a dope. Man, go study it. Go study the word. It's fire, y'all. Mystery in the, in the Bible is dope. You can see it in Daniel chapter 2. Hey, just come holler at me later. We can talk about it. Daniel chapter 2 in the, in the Old Testament, but you can see it in the New Testament. All of the mystery of God is revealed to his people. It will make sense to them. They have entered the way of Jesus and become disciples of Christ and are kept by the Holy Spirit. Now they see another world. They live in a different country. God is revealing himself to them, those who would seek after him. If we just hear Jesus and really hear him, we will produce fruit. Amen, church? That's good news. Are you listening? Now some might ask, so all I have to do is hear? And my answer to you today is, Yes. Ooh, we're expecting that, huh? James 1.22 says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. So no, you cannot just hear something from Jesus and then turn and go and do other things that you want to do. But let me, let me tell you something. Real hearers are those who abide in Jesus, in his words. And those hearers eventually do whatever Jesus has told them to do because his words have a home in them. Brothers and sisters, we just need to remain in Jesus. Or as he says in John 15, verse 5, I am the bond. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him. He it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So when you abide in Jesus, you cannot help but to bear whatever kingdom fruit he has allotted for your life in its proper time. I keep on saying this in its proper time. I'm going to get to it here in a second. Being a kingdom fruit bearer starts and ends with a relationship with Jesus Christ, though, if you do not have a relationship with Jesus today, today is the day for you to make that decision to listen to Jesus. For someone in here, Jesus has been living in your head rent free about making the decision to follow him. And that's the way it ought to be until you make the decision to choose to follow him. Keep him there. But respond to him more importantly. So again, I say, are you listening? Are you ready to come to Jesus? Are you ready to give him your life? He's waiting for you. Lastly, for the mature who are in Jesus. Many of us, if we are honest are struggling with the fact that we ourselves 
are not where we would like to be right now. Is that true of you? Sometimes that's true of me too, man. I love how Jesus has a word for us. That word is patience in verse 15. And why is God so patient with us? Because that is his character. God is steadfast. God is a merciful savior. We know this and we don't have to look past the story. All of the disciples would finish well, but we know that they had some mess up moments and a rough start sometimes. They brought fruit in their lives a hundredfold or a hundo if you want to go that way. A miracle was born in their life. So friends, don't get discouraged to the point of paralysis when you mess up. Instead, as seeds take time to grow, so will your growth. But trust in the word of Christ. Sin not, but trust in the word of Christ. He is doing a work in you that you can't even imagine. Santos, he's doing a work in you. Melissa and Melissa. <laughs> Maywell Parik. A work in you. Danny, he's doing a work in you that you do not yet know and cannot perceive. Justin Jefferson, I've seen it with my own eyes. A work in you that you cannot perceive. And it's coming out. And it's going to be a hundredfold. A work that will be completed. Like Philippians 1, 6 says. And it will be marvelous, y'all. That's a promise you can write down for yourself too, by the way. Write down Philippians, uh, Philippians 1, 6 for yourself. That he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion on the day of Christ Jesus. He will bring that to completion. Do you believe that about yourself, church? All you have to do is abide in Jesus. Then eventually you will bear the fruit that Jesus wants. Going to the very end. Bearing fruit for Christ. Walking with your Savior to glory. I started off this sermon talking about sitting in a pew, thinking of my grandmother's death. As John Mark was talking about in our corporate prayer, I want to say to you, happy Mother's Day to all who have lost a mother, a grandmother. God is near you. And for you this day, you are probably reminded of your loss like I am this morning. But I learned something last week. The magnitude of how much Jesus has been talking all my life through the powerful working of Christ through my grandma. She finished. And for her, there is hope. 
of resurrection. Because Jesus rose from the grave. Church family, do you believe that our hope is sure? And if we abide in him, we will bear much fruit. It may not seem like it today, but Jesus is preparing a place for us. If it was not so, he would have not told us so. Sorry. Jesus has been talking to us. Sometimes it takes moments like those to reveal to us that Jesus has been talking to us our whole lives. It's not that Jesus wasn't talking. The question is, are you listening? Are you listening, Jerry? That's always been the real question. The church family, I am now. I'm listening. Jesus is my hope. Is he your hope, church? My friend, when Jesus speaks, are you listening? Are you listening? Let's go to the Lord with prayer. Father, I, I, I pray that none of the first three soils would ever be any of us, especially not me, but also all my friends. I don't want to be a preacher and be disqualified. So, Father, I pray, Lord, that I would be a fourth soil type of man. And all my friends will be fourth soil type of people who respond to the word of Jesus Christ as those eager to hear, and therefore with patience, waiting on God's perfect time, and will bear fruit a hundredfold. And Father, I pray that if there's anybody in here burdened by the cares of this world, the pleasures of this life, the riches, Lord, I pray that you break that idol in their life. Father, if there's anybody who's burdened by things that have happened so much so that their faith is being crushed right now. Lord, I pray that you give them an overwhelming move of your spirit in their lives and they would overcome by the word of your testimony. And Father, I pray that you would bless our people today. Lord, we would hear from you and you, we would trust in every single word and every single promise that you've given to us. We pray this all in Jesus' precious name. Amen.